We come to this place for horror. We come to this podcast to jump, to scream, to scare, because we need that. All of us, that heart-stopping feeling when the lights begin to dim, and we go somewhere we probably shouldn't. Not just frightened, but somehow reanimated together. Terrifying images on a huge silver screen. Sound that makes my blood curl. Somehow, nightmares feel good in a place like this. Our monsters threaten the best part of us. And stories feel creepy and sinister. Because here... <laughs> they are... It's showtime. If you want me again, I'll cut you like a fish. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Oh, Could I ignore it? I could help you escape. The air is so Welcome to another mini episode of In a Place Like This. I'm Chris Michael Smith. I know that uh, episodes have been kind of scarce this past uh, month or so, uh, mainly because I've been very busy and my guests have also been very busy, so working around our schedules has been very difficult, and even to record a mini episode like this one has taken more time than anticipated. For that, I apologize. Uh, Amateur podcast problems, uh, yeah. (laughs) So for today's episode, I'm... Uh, I actually decided to uh, open the forum up to you, the listener. Uh, I asked the quintessential uh, scary movie question, what's your favorite scary movie? So next time I do this, I'm probably going to have you send me a recording that I could use on the podcast because I would actually love to hear you talk about these. Um... I will give you the opportunity to do that when I do the next mini, which I'm going to be releasing at the end of this month. That one's going to be entitled, What's My Favorite Scary Movie? (laughs) Or um, movies, because I'm not going to just talk about one movie. Again, you do not have to submit a recording, but if you would like to and you would like me to play it on the next mini episode, I have opened that up for you. So send them in. Uh, my socials are open. That is, uh, in a place like this podcast on Instagram and in a pod like this on Twitter. Had to double check, make sure I'm not swapping those, but yeah. So my first entry for this week, uh, actually came up a couple times. Uh, it is a very popular entry. It is a very popular horror movie. Scream. Uh, released in 1996, directed by Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson. What to say about Scream that hasn't already been said? We discussed it on our previous episode. It's a perfect horror film. It's uh, a perfectly written film. The screenplay is just one of the best things uh, I've ever seen put to film. Uh, Not to be hyperbolic or anything, but yeah, uh, it's... A parody of horror movies while also working as a horror movie. It's got a tremendous cast, uh, memorable moments. The franchise is still going strong. There's not a single movie within that franchise that is bad. They are all bangers, each and every single one. No notes. I have nothing 
bad to say about Scream. The, this is an incredible film. One of my personal favorites as well. For all of you who selected that one, excellent choice. Another entry that I got, um, the person who submitted this says, uh, not really scary. Um, it is considered a horror film, uh, but it's more like comedy horror. You know what? That counts. Um, if you want to do comedy horror, Scream is kind of a comedy horror as well, even though it's more horror. Uh, it is a film that was released in 2002 called May, uh, written and directed by Lucky McKee, uh, starring Anna Faris, uh, who I briefly discussed last week because she came up under Scary Movie, the Scary Movie franchise, specifically. Uh, I have not seen May. Um, IMDb describes it as a socially awkward veterinary assistant with a lazy eye and an obsession with perfect... Uh, perfection descends into depravity after developing a crush on a boy with perfect hands. Okay, um, this looks like a very fascinating movie. I am giving myself homework and I'm going to need to watch it so I can discuss it even more. But that does look fascinating. It is Anna Ferris at uh, the beginning of her career, uh, and she's done very well for herself. She is a hilarious performer. I I do enjoy her work a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking this out. Thank you for the recommendation. Uh, another one of you went ahead and picked Scream, but also um, excellent foresight in seeing that somebody else would have picked that movie as well. Uh, also decided to go with The Wailing. The Wailing is a 2016 film from South Korea, uh, directed by Nahong Jin. IMDb describes it as, Soon after a stranger arrives in a little village, a mysterious sickness starts spreading. A policeman, drawn into the incident, is forced to solve the mystery in order to save his daughter. That's uh, not a great synopsis. I'm going to go ahead and go with the second synopsis. In the small village, Goksung in South Korea, police officer Jong-gu investigates bizarre murders caused by a mysterious, mysterious, I know words, disease. His partner relays gossip that a Japanese stranger who lives in a secluded house in the mountains would be an evil spirit responsible for the illness. I'm not going to read any more because once a uh, synopsis gets that in-depth, the spoilers start happening. Uh, I have seen this film. Uh, the person who submitted this also had recommended this to me way back, and I very much enjoyed it. It is a bleak and terrifying film. Um, do not expect it to let up at all. It is chilling. It is atmospheric. It is terrifying. Uh, surprisingly, you can find The Wailing on multiple different streaming services uh, from Hoopla and Canopy. Once again, uh, support your local libraries. Uh, Tubi also has it. Peacock, Shudder, Crackle, uh, Plex, Freebie. It's basically available for free on a lot of services, so it is a fully available film, and uh, I highly recommend you check that out. Another entry that I got multiple uh, submissions for was The Shining, uh, directed by Stanley Kubrick, uh, 1980. Um, based on the novel by Stephen King, who infamously hated this movie, starring Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall. 
I'm sorry to Stephen King. Uh, I love this movie. <laughs> I, I love this movie a lot. It's a classic of the genre. It's one of those that at the time, nobody realized what they had. Uh, it got a couple of Razzie nominations, believe it or not, uh, including for director Stanley Kubrick. And uh, even more messed up for Shelley Duvall, who did not deserve to get dragged like that. Um, but it is just an exquisitely directed horror film with some of the most iconic imagery you could even... You could imagine, like, the kid riding the tricycle through the hallway and uh, riding into the twins, uh, the bathroom scene. Um, there's, like, a whole lot of disturbing, like, imagery that it just kind of, like, I don't want to say slow burn because it's not a slow burn film. but And I don't want to say subtle either because it's not subtle. But the jump scares don't really jump out at you. It's just... Or that, that sounded really redundant. The scares don't really jump out at you. It's just more like you notice something's happening and then it scares you. If that makes any sense. Um, you all have seen the movie. You, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. This is a classic of the genre. I have nothing bad to say about it. Once again, uh, sorry if the author of the book was not happy with how the movie turned out, but uh, it would seem that the rest of us really do like it. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, in fact, when they tried to do a version of it that was more to the author's liking, um, didn't really quite resonate as well. So, you know, just the, the consensus just kind of, it's it's on the movie side is all I'm saying, you know? Yeah. Uh, again, this came up more than once, so this is one of our uh, repeats for uh, favorite scary movie. And in my opinion, a uh, well-deserved distinction. I also just got a follow from a like-minded podcast called Dollar Theater. Uh, if you want to follow them on Instagram, it is a Was It That Bad Pod. Um... I just listened to one of their their most recent episode, actually, on uh, Tommy Boy, and it was a whole lot of fun. I highly recommend uh, you subscribe to them as well. And uh, thank you for joining us <laughs> and for submitting your uh, response, which was Halloween. Um, I was very tempted to clarify whether they meant the original, the Rob Zombie version, or the 2018 remake. I'm going to play it on the safe side and assume you went with the 1978 version as much as I did enjoy the other two. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like the most obvious. Yeah, never mind. Moving on. The original Halloween, directed by John Carpenter, released in 1978, spawned a massive franchise that is still going on today. Halloween Ends will be coming out later this month. Um, what can I say about it that hasn't already been said? It's great. Uh, yeah, Donald Pleasance as uh, Dr. Loomis uh, really does help maintain this tone throughout the movie. Jamie Lee Curtis is the ultimate scream queen um i adore the entire franchise save for one film um that i 
wasn't too keen on. Uh, but I tend to enjoy them a lot. Uh, even the kind of bonkers ones from the 80s, you know, 4 and 5 and 6, uh, the Paul Rudd one. Yeah, you know what? Are they good? I enjoyed them. Let's just go with that. Uh, loved, loved, loved H2O. Um, and as far as I can tell, that is the end of that franchise. There were definitely no other movies that were released uh, following that storyline. Uh, please do not look that up uh, for both of our sanities. Uh, then it was remade by Rob Zombie. Um, the sequel to his remake, I think, is one of the better Halloween movies. Uh, disagree with me all you want on that. I That is just my opinion. Um, I really enjoyed what they did with it. Uh, really did add a new layer to Michael Myers. Uh, the new films by David Gordon Green. The first one, also titled Halloween, amazing. I loved it. Halloween Kills uh, bothered me at first, mainly because I'm like, oh my gosh, the, all, every character in Haddonfield, every person living in Haddonfield is incredibly stupid. Like, they are impossibly stupid. And that's the only way everything that happens in Halloween Kills could happen. It's every dumb character from every slasher film you could think of heightened to, like, 11. It, it's it's just bonkers. Uh, I didn't realize until later, after thinking about it, I, I feel like that was the point of the movie. Um, it was a commentary on mob mentality. And, okay, you know what? Okay, I will let you have that. Um, looking forward to Halloween ends... You know, I, I even liked Halloween 3 for what it was, even though it is completely uh, unrelated to any of those movies. Uh, it's bonkers, and I love bonkers. So let's, yeah. Halloween, uh, amazing, classic first film, is one of the greatest horror movies ever made. It uh, opened up a franchise that, for better or worse, is still going on, still going strong, and you know what? They may not all be good, but I at least enjoy watching uh, most of them. And finally, my last entry uh, is coming from someone who doesn't really watch a lot of horror films, but, you know, did have a few uh, that they did enjoy, and I also enjoyed these, so I'm going to go ahead and share them with you. The original House of Wax, as well as the Vincent Price version of House of Wax. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit basic and include the 2005 remake, because why not? But the first two were classics. Uh, I just recently watched both of them. Uh, I rented them from the Netflix DVD service, which yes, they still do that, and they both came on the same disc, so I ended up watching both, and I loved both. Uh, I think the original original is the best version of it, but, you know, I, I can't say no to Vincent Price either, so yeah, definitely watch those two, and maybe don't expect, like, a classic quality from the 2005 version, but it's fun. It's fun, so that's why I'm gonna give that one a pass as well even though I'm not going to put it at the same level as its uh, predecessors. 
they also recommended Crimson Peak, um, the uh, Guillermo del Toro haunted house feature. Uh, romance. It's a romance with horror elements in it, and I enjoyed that too. Uh, if I'm going to go with Guillermo del Toro, I would pick Pan's Labyrinth personally, but if you are not like into the whole horror elements, uh, Crimson Peak might actually be more palatable, uh, just because it's not, because uh, Pan's Labyrinth gets dark. It gets really dark. Uh, but I will also add, if we're going to go with Crimson Peak, uh, The Shape of Water also has like some horror elements that focuses more on the romance aspect um these were you know you may not like scary movies that much but the ones that you picked were still very good no notes uh you did great <laughs> so once again if you would like to send in a recording just sort of elaborating on some of your choices feel free to do that don't feel any pressure at all um this is just if you want to on the next mini, I'm going to be discussing my own personal favorites. Uh, there might be some overlap with this episode, and that's fine. Uh, you all have great taste in movies, and I look forward to discussing uh, some of my personal favorites with you on the uh, next mini episode. But before I do that, I have another full episode set to come out sometime this month. Let your mind start a journey to a strange new world. Purge all thoughts of the life you knew before. Because on our next episode, we will be discussing The Phantom of the Opera. Which version of The Phantom of the Opera? Well, pretty much all of them. I had been watching a few of them over the past month, uh, re-watching some of the ones that I had seen already, and uh, my guest and I are very much looking forward to discussing it. Um, as we all know, the Broadway show has unfortunately closed after, like, three decades on the stage, if not more. Um, but it really does speak to how timeless that story is, how many times it's been made, how many different versions of it there are. And there are some very interesting conversations to be had in, in like, some of the stranger adaptations of it and maybe some of the not-so-strange adaptations of it. Uh, my guest and I are very excited to discuss this with you. This episode was supposed to have been recorded last month, but it was a mixture of scheduling conflicts and uh, preparation, which... Uh, watching all of those movies to prepare for the episode. Uh, I One of the reasons why uh, the scheduling conflicts took place is one of the things that my guest would like to plug. So I'm going to actually go ahead and do that now. Uh, he'll have the opportunity to plug that on the episode as well. But because it opens this Saturday, uh, that is October 8th, uh, I wanted to take the time to tell everyone who lives in Southern California, particularly Orange County, uh, if you head over to Museo in downtown Anaheim, that's M-U-Z-E-O, uh, an exhibit on Houdini will be opening. Um, I'm very excited. I will be attending that uh, on Sunday. Museo is a local... Um, 
museum, Obvi. Last year, they did a fantastic uh, exhibit on uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. So I'm looking forward to checking this out. So once again, if you are in the area, uh, it opens this weekend, this Sunday. For more information and to get tickets, uh, log on to museo.org. That is M-U-Z-E-O dot org. Uh, the exhibit will open on October 8th at 4 p.m. Uh, tickets are available now, so uh, check that out. It will be running from October 8th through January 22nd. So you got time to check it out. Uh, if you can't make it on the 8th, you have plenty of time. So don't don't stress about it. I, again, I do highly recommend it though. Uh, the Sleepy Hollow exhibit was fantastic. And uh, I imagine that if you are fans of this podcast, this sort of thing would be right up your alley. It is also within walking distance of Requiem Coffee, Tea, and Fantasy, which is a themed cafe, and I can't talk it up enough. It is one of my favorite per places, personally. So drop by there, grab a coffee, then head on over to Museo and enjoy the exhibit. Uh, there's also some wonderful restaurants around the area. Uh, check those out. Uh, downtown Anaheim is just... It, it's... It's gorgeous, so if you're in the area, be sure to check all of that out. Also, if you haven't had a chance to see it yet, uh, the most recent episode of SNL did a parody of the AMC ad, which is the namesake for our show. Um, it is hilarious, so give that a look if you haven't yet. But Yes, that is 100% me every time I watch it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Join us uh, later this month for our episode on the Phantom of the Opera and for the mini episode where I kind of go over some of my favorite horror films and maybe some of you embellish on some of yours a little bit more. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you were not just entertained, but somehow reborn together.